0: You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Drew Meyer. For more information about other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. We started a series last week called Wonder. Hence this large banner next to me that it says, it says Wonder. And I have to give a shout out to the artist that created this. Ryan and Amy Savage, which I don't see them in here right now. They're probably serving downstairs. Ryan and Amy Savage, this is what, they, this is what happens when two artists get married. I mean, they have, amazing, they have amazing kids, too, which was also a product of that. But this is what happens when two art, art majors get married. And uh, we're so excited to see people in our church activated in their gifts. It flows so much outside of just what you think of when, when we think of church. God wants to activate you in your gifts. And and, uh, and God's equipped all of us to be a part of making him known, and that also includes the arts. But this morning I want to share a message called Everyday Wonder. The wonder of God brought to your Monday through Sunday. I want us as a church to be in awe and wonder, awe and wonder of who God is throughout our days, Every day of the week, to be captivated by who God is. And we kicked this off last week by looking at Psalm 27, verse 4, where King David, influential, affluential King, mighty warrior David, says, This one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Yet everything at his fingertips, all experiences, all uh, pleasures he could delight in. And he said, this one thing I desire, to be with God, to dwell with God, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And I believe that's available to all believers. To be captivated by the wonder of God. Now I want to translate that to your everyday life in Psalm 103. So we're looking at the Psalms of David. We're using Psalms of David every single week throughout this series because I feel like if, if anybody can be captivated by the wonder of God, like David can, then we surely can. Being he had everything available to him, you and I as well can be captivated by God. It's everyday wonder. I have really funny conversations with my kids. My four-year-old is in this uh, season of toddler angst, preschool angst, I guess. She's, she's just tired of being a kid. And as a four-year-old, she's been repeatedly telling me, Dad, I, I don't want to be a kid anymore. I, I, want, I want to grow up. I want to be a mom. I want to be an adult. I, don't, I want to be a grown-up, Dad. And I, and I try to reason with her. I, I, I say, Addison, you know, being a child is a precious time. You get to play. You have zero responsibilities. Just go and have fun. But she's still repeating that. My, my son is very similar on my drives to, when I'm driving him and, and his, his younger sister to school. He'll say, Dad, I'm tired of school. This is first grade, so he's just getting started. <laughs> Dad, I'm tired of school. I, 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 wanna, I just want to go to Iowa State. I want to be done with school. I want to I go right to college. And I have to break it to him. you know, you got a long road ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> but I contrast that with a conversation I had with an older gentleman in our church. He's been in a part of our church for 40-plus years. I sat with him this week. And he told me, unrelated to my message, but he told me from his mouth, you know, Drew, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized how important it is to appreciate every single day and how rich and full every single day in the Lord is. And here's a man of God who's walked with God for an amazing testimony in Christ, but his kids are walking for Jesus. Now he has grandkids. He gets to delight in the generations. And it is wisdom. To be able to appreciate, stop and slow down and appreciate, take a deep breath. Appreciate the wonder of God day in and day out. And I don't want any of us to miss it. And I don't want us to wait years and years and decades before we capture that. I want us to embrace it. So my main idea for this morning is there's no better moment than now to be in awe of who God is. Today is the day. When you can slow down, take a deep breath, and be in awe and wonder of who God is. Last week, we talked about he's getting your attention. That that attention getting God, he's getting your attention every single day. Wanting to capture your imagination with the wonder of who he is. I, I believe it requires us to open up our eyes and recognize what he is doing and who he is and how he's made his glory so clear and evident all around us. So I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're stuck in the past. Maybe you have this just difficult past that just hounds you and torments you. Things you can't get over, unforgiveness and bitterness and regrets and condemnation. Or maybe you're one that lives in the perpetual future and you're like, someday I'll seek the Lord. Someday I'll go after him. I watch others really worship the Lord and devote their lives to maybe, Maybe someday when things I get things worked out a little bit more. When I have a little more money or I have more free time or whatever it is, we live in the perpetual future. Or maybe you're one who honestly lives with a lot of anxiety, being overwhelmed at times and stressed. Maybe you get really antsy. You have a hard time slowing down and taking a deep breath. So you fill your life with all these distractions and busyness to somehow numb you to the reality that you're disconnected in your relationship with the Lord. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I believe God wants you to draw near to him. I want to ask you, given your present situation, whatever you're facing, wherever in all the spectrums that you are, how would those present situations change in light of the wonder of God? This is the God of the universe. He can hold the galaxies in the palm of his hand. And this God of the universe... How much would the wonder and glory of who he is change your present situations? Just that revelation and knowledge of him being that God of wonder, that God of glory. How would your perspective change? How would your thinking change? So we're gonna get to Psalm 103. We're gonna break this down into a few different parts this morning. Let's start reading. Verse one, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like uh, renewed like the eagles? We'll stop right there for a moment. David starts by talking to himself to his soul, and your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. If there's any aspect of our humanity that is more relevant to the present, it's our mind, will, and our emotions, right? What happens up in our mind, our, the scripts that go on in our head, our emotions are so relevant here and now in our will, our ability to make decisions. The three aspects of our soul are so, so relevant to the here and the now mind and emotions, they come and go, of the past and the future. You don't even think about your emotions and what's going to happen in your mind and your ability to make right decisions in the future. That's relevant now, your soul, that, that core aspect of your humanity. And David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. With my mind, my will, and emotions, I want to bless the Lord. I want to praise the Lord from the deepest recesses of my soul. And he says, forget not all of his benefits presently. He's speaking to himself presently, and he says, I don't want to forget the benefits of God. This is not like employee benefits. This is kingdom benefits. (laughs) When you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, there's certain benefits that now you inherit as a child of God, and they're fully yours presently. Past tense, yes, they will be in the future, but what's relevant right now is those benefits in the here and now. Just thinking about weddings and and uh, marriage, in light of the wedding that took place here yesterday, I recalled a moment when Ta- Tanya and I were engaged, and we got called into one of those like infomercials where if you go as an as a engaged couple, they'll give you something free. So we went to one of those. If you sit through it, you get something. And so we got a cruise, a free cruise from this infomercial. The problem was we let it sit. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about it. Uh, so we had this little voucher for this free cruise as months had passed, as busy, engaged couples, you know, that's, that happens, months passed, and we realized, I wonder if there's a due date with this voucher, and we looked, and it was like within a week, I mean, it was close, so we quickly, we, we did it, we didn't read the fine print, and there was some fine print that we missed, they couldn't take a personal check, of course, it was like certified Canadian or something you needed, I don't know, I don't remember the, the fine print, but there's fine print, we missed it. We forgot the benefit, the benefit that was right before us, a free cruise. How often as believers, followers of Jesus, do we forget the benefits or do we make make excuses for why our present situation is an exception to the promise of God? How often? Your present situation is fully relevant to the fullness of the kingdom of God. You can take it to the bank. And so actually I want to speak this into being this morning look at how he speaks he says the lord is the one who forgets or sorry who forgives all of your iniquities he doesn't forget him or he doesn't uh, he forgives all of your iniquities he heals all of your diseases he redeems your life from the pit he crowns you with steadfast love he satisfies you with good things those are all active present tense now he's a redeemer now he is healer now is he is forgiver. Now he crowns you with good things. That's what he is now in the here and the now. And so I want to step out in faith right now and put that into action. I want us to actually pray for one another right here this morning. I know there's when anytime we gather there's a whole slew of needs that people are facing. And when we gather we can always say my situation is so unique or you know God can touch somebody else or past tense you can say God's done things for me in the past. But for some reason, we make excuses for why our present situation is an exception. And I would say, let's not, let's not believe that anymore. Let's instead believe that right now in the present, God can move. And so if you're here this morning, if you'd say, hey, Drew, I, I have a need. I'm, I'm facing something. That I just need God to show up and be redeemer. I need God to show up and be healer. I know there's several in this place this morning, facing arthritis and cancer and big things, but things that are not too big for our God. He can heal this morning. And so if you're here this morning, you'd say, hey, Drew, that's me. I, I have a need in my body, in my life. Awesome, awesome. If you just stand, if that's you, because we're going to activate people to pray. Awesome. Yeah, all across this place. I knew there would be lots of needs. And so now for the rest of you that are, are sitting... If you wouldn't mind just going to someone that's close to you and pray out these promises in Psalm 103. We're going to leave this on the screen where it says that God is the one who forgives, he redeems, he heals. He crowns them with life and good things. If they're able to share with you what the need is, that makes it even easier. Then people can pray out in faith. We're just going to take a couple minutes To very quickly pray over one another. God's already moving. you recognize that God's doing something, if it's actually like a physical need, then you can speak it out. God, you are so gracious. Our hearts are so full right now as we just extend in faith these prayers affirming you as healer, as redeemer, the one who crowns these individuals with good things. Lord, the one who forgives past, those that are tormented by things that the past. You're the one who forgives individuals of those things. Lord, we thank you for your power in this place. Thank you for your, your grace and your mercy and your compassion on us. You're so good, Lord. Amen. You can go ahead and find your seats. Thank you so much for just running with that. I felt how I felt this week as I was preparing this message. How what a shame it would be is if we stood if we gathered together as a people and we talked about God's present reality, his relevant to his relevance to our present needs. If we didn't actually step out then and believe that God can move in the here and the now. And that's accessible all throughout our week in your kitchen. If your spouse shares the need, you can pray in the moment. Believe for God to move. There's now no mediator between God and man, but Jesus Christ himself. Let's keep reading, verse, starting in verse 6. It says, "...the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel." The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a Father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I'll stop right there for a moment. I believe that the way we live day in and day out, facing trials, difficulties, tribulation, our response to those situations is a reflection of the attitude of gratitude that we carry. I believe when we face life's most difficult situations, What Our response to those situations is just a reflection of what we've already been walking in prior to facing those most difficult situations. When we face real trials, really the true stuff that we're made of comes out. And I believe as a church, as followers of Jesus, fostering an attitude of gratitude is of the greatest necessity if we're going to be people that are captured by the wonder of God. Day in, day out being thankful for who God is. And David gets into a stream here of just declaring who God is, that he's abounding in love and steadfastness, That, that God is so merciful, so compassionate, so slow to anger, so extravagant in his love to remove sin from our lives. I actually had a friend and mentor in my life several years ago challenge me in my times with the Lord to just start by thanking God, just purely thanking him, not asking him or even necessarily worshiping him, but just telling him what I'm thankful for. Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for breath in my lungs today. Thank you for the opportunities ahead of me today. And literally a discipline of just thanking out loud the Lord for the things that he's given us. You know, you notice here as David talks about God's God is the just God, the one who gives justice to the oppressed. He's not speaking as an entitled victim. He's speaking by just declaring the character of God. He's not throwing a fit. He's not having a pity party. He's just declaring in his own difficulties. This man, he walked through extreme difficulties. As you can imagine, being king of a nation, there's all, sort of, all sorts of vying for power, politicizing, you can't trust anybody around you. And so David had his fair share of difficulties, and yet in the midst of the difficulties, instead of throwing a pity party, or saying, woe is me, I am, I am, you know, my life is so difficult, instead he just declares who God is. God is one who responds to the oppressed. He sees us in our oppression, and he gives justice, and he works righteousness on our behalf. We can learn from David's testimony so are we thankful and are we expectant? Is that our response in the day, d- day in, day out stuff of life? Or are we victims? Do we say, woe is me and my life is too tough. I wish my life was like their life. They have it easier than me. Therefore, I can't seek the Lord. I can't go after the Lord. No, God is one who sees you in your oppression. He sees you in your difficulty. And he's one who redeems you from the pit. He sees you. I was considering that this week. I was reminded of a dear friend, of my wife and I's, from our time in Seattle. Before we moved here to Iowa, we lived in Seattle, and we were just young pups venturing out in the world on our own, away from our parents. And as newlyweds, we landed in Seattle, and here was this dear lady named Emmy. She was this Filipino lady just full of life, and she adopted us as her kids, not literally but figuratively. And just as a side note, if I, I would inspire and encourage you to adopt people into your life. Use your home as a place of ministry. Use your life as, as an opportunity to bring people into a place of belonging. Me and my wife, we have that desire to continually throughout our lives, even when our kids are out of the home, to adopt people into, into, uh, into our family. Hey, you can be one of our kids for the day, of course. Well, Emmy was that way for us. We shared meals with her. We shared our hearts with her, and her as well with us. And she inspired us with her vitality and gratitude. She lived the fullness of God in the midst of. She's just an amazing woman. But she lived a life with difficulties. She gave her heart to the Lord decades before we arrived in Seattle. But her husband, he stayed on the sidelines. He didn't follow her in her pursuit of Christ. And so for years, decades, she prayed for her husband, Pete, praying that he would turn to Christ. Well, eventually, years and years and years later, eventually Pete, his heart was softened, and he turned to the Lord. He gave his heart to Christ. Phenomenal. God working in their family. It was an amazing transformation in her and her kids. But just six months after Pete dedicating his life to Christ, they were walking through the parking lot of of a home improvement store, as they were walking through the parking lot, Pete tripped in such a way that he hit his head on a car, and he was forever paralyzed as a quadriplegic. Forever, in a moment. And Emmy, the natural response for Emmy could have been one of a victim and say, okay, that's, that's the last straw. I'm done. I'm out. And pouted her way to the sidelines of the kingdom of God. But that was not her response. This woman had so much strength and faith And a smile on her face and tears in her eyes, she would tell us about the goodness of God. And it means all the more when someone speaks of the goodness of God, it's not out of the side of their mouth, but it's with real conviction in their heart, with real authority that she's experienced the goodness of God and she knows it's real. She knows it's tangible. And she would continually share with us Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. She says, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That was her life verse that she continually shared with us with tears in her eyes. I thank God for Emmy and her testimony in our life. That we don't have to be victims to our circumstances. Instead, we serve a God. We're pursuing a God who's so much bigger than all that fleeting stuff. And he is good and he is gracious. So now I get to the the main portion of this text, actually the part where I want to spend most of our time this morning. Starting in verse 15, he says, As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant. And remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. There's never a better moment than now to be in awe of who God is today. Life is just too short to miss out on what God is doing all around you right now. Life is too short. The old saying you know, days, the days are short, the, or the days are long, but the years are short. Life flies by, and David realized that. He really realized that. He was not so full of himself that he didn't realize how quickly his life was flying by. His life was but a vapor. And David had no problem. He had humility to recognize it. And so he got lost in the wonder of God. And he says, from everlasting to everlasting is the love of God. It's continual, it's never-ending, the vastness, the majesty, the beauty of God. And he was just captivated by that wonder, especially in light of his, the brevity of his life. So I don't want to step on on any toes this morning overtly because I'm speaking to myself, but I do believe in our modern day that we do have an aversion to boredom. We're afraid of the idea of boredom, so when none of us even let ourselves get to the place of boredom, and so as soon as any, there's any onset of boredom, what do we do? We flip to our phones. And we start scrolling through media. We start looping the YouTube videos. We start binging on whatever season is next. And I, I'm speaking at your level, trust me. I'm there, but I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to speak relevantly to our lives, to challenge us to rise above our culture, rise above the norm, and be different. When that onset of boredom happens, I believe it's an invitation for us to get lost in the wonder of who God is. That if we just stop ourselves for a moment and say, okay, I'm not going to turn to that for, for a moment. Not that those things are bad. I think, I think we live in a blessed, a blessed day. But if for our heart's sake, our soul's sake, we stop for a moment and consider what God is doing. Consider this as maybe an invitation to get lost in the wonder and the glory of God. What if it's an invitation to draw us toward God? Verses 17 through 19 are so rich. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. God wants to reveal that aspect of himself to you, that he is unending. There's no boredom in Christianity. It's in, they're incompatible. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his co- commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Yes, there is Jesus who walked amongst us, but Jesus was also God, king of majesty above all. All kingdoms, all authority are before him and at his command. I would actually venture to say that if we are bored in our following of Jesus, that we're truly not following Jesus. I would actually say that if we're bored in our lives, that means Monday, Monday afternoon. If you're bored, it means you're probably not following Jesus. Instead, you've invited Jesus along for the ride in your life. You've added him as, a, as an accessory into your life. Because just think of the adventure before us in Christ if we're truly following him. I had another mentor and friend challenge me in this way. He said, it Drew, every day you wake up, pray this prayer. God, what's my assignment today? What do you have for me today? What's the assignment, Lord? I'm I'm." I'm, I'm Reporting to duty. What, what do you want for me to do? And a true follower of Jesus says, whatever, whoever, wherever you want me to go, I'll do it. I'm there, God. I'm all yours. What an exciting way to live. That's the adventure of following Jesus. There's no such thing as boredom in Christianity. So I want to ask you, when was the last time you walked outside? That's right, in nature, people. In nature. <laughs> When was the last time you walked outside with no earbuds in, with no phone to the ear talking to somebody, just you and God appreciating the glory and the wonder of what he's put all around you? When was the last time you noticed that birds st- still exist and they're chirping? <laughs> you know, when was the last time you just admired the, the blowing wind over a, over a field or through a forest? When was the last time you allowed yourself to slow down enough to get past the noise in your own mind, to appreciate the noise all around you. I believe we, we, could, we think of our, of our lives as very noisy lives, but I would venture to say most of the noise is between our own ears. It's in our own heads. We don't allow our minds to slow down enough to consider what's all around us and appreciate the little things of life. There's so many small, minute details of life that we can appreciate. And it's so good for our minds and our hearts to slow down and take a deep breath. There was a moment in my life just a few years ago in ministry where I was struggling with anxiety, just facing some really difficult situations. And so I went to a Christian counselor, which I 100% affirm Christian counseling. If you're facing extreme situations of anxiety or depression, I 100% affirm you going to Christian counseling. Their training and their their ability in a disciplined way to walk you through healthy ways to think and and process what you're facing is 100% amazing and was a blessing to my life. But this counselor, he stopped me one time as I was talking because he noticed I was shaking my leg constantly just as I'm talking. And I do that from time to time. And he called me out. He said, Drew, do you notice what you're doing right now? And I said, no. What do you mean? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And he said... Anytime you fidget like that, it means your mind is thinking about something else. You're not fully present. If we're fully present, then we're aware of the way our body is, our, our, our body posture, our fidgeting. Maybe, you're, maybe you bite your lip. Maybe you shake a lot. Maybe your neighbor's shaking right now. You can tell their mind is on something else. But it was so helpful for me to be mindful and to be present in the here and the now. To be conscious enough of how I'm carrying myself and how I am, that I'm aware of what's happening right now, right here. Let's translate this then to tomorrow and the next day. What would it look like if you were fully present in your conversations with people, in your relationships, in your house, with your kids or with your wife, if you were fully present and you sense the significance in the here and the now in that relationship? What about in your free time? What if you were fully aware of the the present significance of that moment? Maybe you have some time to yourself. and It's a moment for you to take a deep breath. Thank the Lord for that moment. The peace and the rest that comes with even our free time. There is never a dull moment in following Jesus. My wife is a constant challenge to me in the area of being mindful in our conversations and relationships. Because I'm very task-driven. I just am. I, I'm one who's like, i gotta, I got to produce something. i got to feel good about myself at the end of the day and the things that I've accomplished. My wife comes home so full, so rich from the relationships and the connections that she's made in a given day. And every day she'll come home and she'll say, I met this person from China, or I met this lady who just moved here from Hawaii, or had this conversation with this person, and she genuinely she feels the significance of those conversations and those unique relationships. Or if I'm not careful, I can I can just see this person I'm interacting with as just another person, just another generic person, another nameless face. That's not reality. In light of eternity, in light of the God of wonder, the God of glory, each person is significant. Your interaction with them can be significant. There's a unique conversation, divine appointments that God wants to set up and open up your eyes to every single day. So we finally end, because we are going to do water baptism this morning. Psalm 103, verse 20 through 22, he ends how he starts he says bless the lord oh you his angels you mighty ones who do his word obeying the voice of his word bless the lord all his hosts his ministers who do his will bless the lord all his works and all places of his dominion bless the lord O my soul he ends how he starts speaking to himself saying my mind will and emotions i want to bless i want to praise the lord that's what i want the the overflow of my heart to be that my mind, my will, and emotions would bless and praise him, be captivated by the wonder of God here and now, the most relevant part of my humanity. And, you know, David didn't have authority over the angels by telling them to bless the Lord. He didn't have authority over the ministers that do his will, as he says. Instead, he's speaking to the reality that he knows exists. He understood the authority, the line of authority. And he said, I just know the way it works works. The angels praise and bless the Lord. That They have such an intimate knowledge of who God is. Their response is blessing and praise to the Lord. These ministers who do His will, I know, they bless the Lord. He's not so much commanding them, but declaring what he knows is a reality. But I believe David was growing in this immersion in the wonder of God, which I believe is a matter of, growing in our perspective, David was able to zoom out and realize that he wasn't all that and a bag of chips. He wasn't the bomb diggity. You know, he, he was, he could realize the God of wonder, the God of glory, the God of majesty was far above him in authority and glory and beauty that he could fall on his knees. King David, you don't ever see a king on his knees but I guarantee you David was continually on his knees in thanksgiving and Gratitude and worship to the Lord. So I'm going to, the kids are going to start, I can hear them coming in. They're going to come in and join us for water baptisms. I'm going to give a response right now, though. Because I do believe that in what, what we have going on in our busy lives, God is trying to make his way into your 24 hours of your day. That you would be lost in the wonder of who he is more so. Hey, some kids can also come up. We have a whole front row up here if we want some to come over here as well. Yeah, thanks, Bryce. Thanks for being a leader, buddy. Yeah, great. You guys just, yeah, make yourselves at home. You can find your parents afterwards, okay? Awesome. We're so glad you guys are here. Yes. So before water baptisms, I just want you to respond to the Lord. If you just close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about Life Point Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.